0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. Walking with Your Inner Spirit is a six-part podcast series brought to you by Yiska Smith. Six opportunities, practices, and encounters experiencing the divine within. For more digital content or to listen to more of Yiska's podcasts, please visit elmod.pardes.org. Walking With Your Inner Spirit, Episode 2. Freely speaking to the Creator on your own, with your own words, and at your own particular auspicious time. Have you ever felt that you just want to talk on your own to God? Have you ever felt, without intending to disrespect the Jewish tradition, that at times praying from the prayer book, the Siddur, is more of an arduous task to complete rather than an entryway into experiencing an intimate conversation with God? I want to share a story that probably many of you will find resonates with you. Several years ago, I heard a rabbi discuss or talk about his experience with prayer. I confess that I forgot his name. However, what he said has, has made such an impression on me for years. I, I think it perhaps it was 10 years ago that I heard this story. This was a man in, I'd say in his mid-40s, a teacher in yeshiva, raised in a what people would consider to be an orthodox observant home from when he was born, went to yeshiva his whole life, was quite fluent in the mechanics of tefillah, and he would have his particular Beta Knesset, his synagogue that he would attend every Shabbat here in Yerushalayim. And he said that one Shabbat, when he walked into the Beit Knesset. And as he usually did, went to his Makom Kavua, his regular uh, place where he would pray and daven. He went to open up the Siddur, and he just for one second, for one moment, realized, I can't do this today. He didn't explain the reasons, he didn't give the particulars, but he did say he had a very difficult week. He endured a lot of suffering. We have no idea what happened to this man during the week, but he did convey in very clear terms that it was a very difficult week. And he said, "I sat down, I opened the sea door, I looked at the sea door. Now remember, this is a man Cay that has been praying out of the sea door his whole life from when he was a child. And he basically said, I can't do this today. I just cannot do this. So he closed the sea door and he started, he began for the first time in his life to speak to Hashem, to God, to the divine within him, to the Almighty around him. <clears throat> he began to speak freely. With his own feelings, with his own words, expressing his own sentiments. And a grown man, husband, father, member of the community, he began to sob. He began to sob. And what he says in conclusion was remarkable. He explained that this was the first time in his life that he felt he really spoke to God from his heart. He did not discount, he did not diminish the importance of being committed halachically from a Jewish legal point of view, from a traditional point of view, from his community expectations of him participating in a minyan point of view. He did not discount that. Rather, he said, for the first time in my life, I tasted Spontaneous, deep prayer from deep inside of my heart. I thought it would be a value to share that story with you. I hope that none of us have to wait a whole lifetime, basically, or much of our lives, following a week of suffering and sadness that brings us to a place where we cannot open the seed door. I bless us that we're always able to open up the sea door and pray and at the same time be able to do what this rabbi did what this man did here in Yerushalayim on that Shabbat morning in his Beta Knesset, rather than it be in either or. Let it be both. In fact, when the men of the great assembly, the Anshei Knesset HaGedolah, at the beginning of the Bayat Shini, at the beginning of the Second Temple Period, approximately 2,500 years ago, when they established the original silent prayer, ha the prayer, Ha-Amidah, the prayer that we say silently when we are standing, channeling 18 blessings from high above, referred to also simply as the 18, Hashmona Esrei, as radical and innovative as this initiative was, they never intended for this 18-blessing prayer to replace the time-honored tradition of speaking with the Creator on one's own when one was moved and inspired to do so. A 19th blessing was added a little more than 500 years later during the period of the sadistic and cruel Roman leader Hadrian. However, the prayer has retained the name the 18, Hashmona Asrei. More recently, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov in the 18th century established the practice of Hitbodudut. The word itself means to cause oneself to be alone, which clearly is contrary to praying in the traditional quorum, prayer quorum, referred to as the minyan. He stressed to his followers the importance of spending a significant, dedicated time each morning talking to God alone in solitary spiritual practice. Ideally, The practitioner would go alone into the forest or seclude himself, herself, where they would feel safe and uninhibited to speak from from the heart, pure and unfiltered, without being self-conscious of one's words. This would be similar to expressing one's spontaneous stream of consciousness by speaking out loud. Hit-bodidut manifested service of the heart abudat lev in the most ideal unconstrained and private way imaginable this became a sacred tradition among the Breslov Hasidim and many others have adopted this practice over the years as well however i would be remiss not to mention that hitbodedut was not intended to replace the expected participation in the traditional communal morning prayer shacharit, but rather Rabbi Nachman intended for hitbodedut practice to precede the morning service. Presently, we see that people have adopted this practice at any time during the day when they feel inspired and moved from within to do so. So just as the establishment of codified prayer in the Siddur does not replace the need and the practice to speak freely with God alone, the latter likewise does not necessarily replace codified communal prayer. While approaching hitbodedut in a bit different way, Rav Kook addresses the need for this as well in Shmona Kavatzim. 8, 149. He teaches that the deeper a person is, or the deeper actually a person has a sense of one's depth, the more that person needs to search inside of themselves, to explore, to observe, to engage with one's inner being. This person's understanding of him or herself is hidden due to the great depth of their soul. Obviously, the deeper an object is, (laughs) the the more we need to dig to uncover it. (laughs) They need to spend a lot of time alone in what he calls hit elevating their thoughts, deepening their opinions, and freeing their mind in discovering and exploring and finding their own depth. By doing this, their soul will eventually reveal herself to them, a small ray of light will shine forth from their soul's great light. One will then find great happiness and rise up from what could be a deep sadness of not really knowing a deeper part of oneself. This is a translation by Rav Arizaev Schwartz from Society of Independent Spirituality. I will now share with you the P.S. Etzner's approach to Hit-Bodudut as we see in Bene Machshava He begins by affirming that it is difficult for us, nearly impossible, to gather our thoughts clearly, tahora, to move ourselves to awe and to sensitize ourselves to holiness. It's very difficult work to do that. In his opinion, there is a very specific reason why our souls are virtually buried and our normal state of consciousness is slumber. Moments of peak spiritual awakening, and moments of communal prayer, do not occur simultaneously. Quite commonly, when we pray, there is no inner motion to holiness. We don't feel this inner hit-over-root. The times when we do feel moved and alert may not be the set times for prayers. Consequently, what happens, the person's soul grows accustomed to a groggy sleep state, morgal, is to be accustomed, precluding the person from cultivating pure mindfulness. Over a lifetime of habituation, our soulfulness finds her only expression in the everyday this-worldly pursuits, what to eat, what to drink, when to rest, what to acquire and buy in the stores. The spirit becomes hidden and buried, tumuna, crusted over with the mundane layers, and rarely finds herself applied in deep concentration and deep contemplation. She is constantly diverted to material associations in pursuit of worldly goals. Now, the PSSNA taught several techniques in preparation, in preparation so we can move ourselves into the proper emotional readiness as we prepare to pray in our minyan, in our communal prayer setting. However, he urges us to seriously consider a second approach that warrants exploration. He firmly states that when we experience moments of inspiration and awe, we cannot abandon these openings simply because it may not be just the right time for the daily prayers. What if I feel all of a sudden at 11 o'clock in the morning, I, I feel this awakening from inside. Well, it's not time for shacharit. It's not time for mencha. So what do I do? He believes and he states and he teaches and he urges us, use such an occurrence as a key, as a muftah. To the soul, to your soul. Anytime we feel deeply with sadness, with joy, or even business concerns, the feeling contains something of a revelation of the soul. Gilui Hanefesh. She simply is clothed in this mundane situation, whatever it may be. Take advantage of this auspicious moment. For example, when a profound feeling of broken-heartedness wells up, shvirat alev, even for physical concerns, you have an important opportunity to align the mundane state of mind to the soul's perspective. As soon as you can, go off to a private setting and pray on your own. Ideally, he suggests, Begin with reciting verses from Psalms that have some bearing on your situation. If, for example, you are worried about your enemies, your competitors, the verse in Psalm 3, verse 2 O Lord, how great are my enemies! Many rise up against me. Hashem rabin rabim kamimalai. That would be appropriate. If you are feeling upset about something else, you could recite, Oh, I have sunken into despair, into the mire of the shadowy depths. From Psalm 69, verse 3. Tavati b'vein the v'ein ma'amad. Or, I will raise up my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come? Psalm 121, first verse. El These are precious, incredible, emotionally invested words from King David. Use them, he suggests. Do not abruptly stop what you are doing and begin saying the words without paying attention to the feelings you are expressing or to the words you are saying. Let them become your words. Take some time. Contemplate on what is worrying you. This situation is serious. It troubles you so much. It has become a real obstacle. To whom can you turn? And who will save you if not the Holy One, the source of compassion? Approach him, her now in closeness. Mitkarev. Visualize in your mind that you are standing in his, her presence. Directly before God, before your creator, before ribonu shel olam, and pour out your heart. Again, O oh God, how great are my enemies. Many rise up against me. Hashem rabim Kamimalai. Many say of my soul, God will not save him. Rabim omrim lenafshi, in Yeshua tolo beloim. And then in the following verse, verse four, But Lord, you are my shield, and the one who raises up my head. Va'ata ha'shem ma'gain ba'adi, kuvodi, ummerim rushi. Now, after you have said some Psalms and felt the Psalms, with is a resonance within you, then the P.S. suggests, pray in your own words, in any language you know, say the words that come naturally and rise spontaneously with you and within you. With each word, with each phrase, feel, Chevre, that your mind and thoughts are growing stronger and rising you may begin to feel that la that little by little, the mundane concerns that had such a hold on you are slipping away and you are leaving them behind. Of course, they still exist, but they don't occupy as much of your thoughts and feelings. Instead, a deep cry bursts forth from the depths of your heart. Master of the universe, ribono Shaolam, draw me near. Kyivani Alecha, open me, hold me above all these worries, so I can stay near you with a pure mind and an open heart. Oh, wow. That's a prayer. That is one's own prayer. At the end of your prayer, Recite a verse of encouragement and reinforcement, such as God is my shepherd, Hashem roi, and I shall not want Lo I will not fear evil, Lo Ira, for Master of the universe you are with me, Kiata Imadi. These are words from Tehillim, from Psalms twenty three. And now the P.S.S.N. believes you will rejoice that God is with you. Because in truth, emet, God is indeed with you. When we say the words, ata imadi, for you are with me, feel it, believe it. Actually, if you don't believe it, don't say it. But if you believe it, say it and feel it. These few moments, as you poured out your heart, he believes, are moments of elevation. Hitromamut. <laughs> and closeness, the hit kervut, your whole day is affected. You will continue to feel a sense of spiritual pleasure. Oneg ruchani, a sense of clarity and peace. For your soul was in, for that moment, the Garden of Eden today. What can compare with that? Could you possibly be any happier now that you are no longer feeling alone and lonely, disconnected and alienated. Rather, you are feeling close with God, with the divine within you, and with all expressions of creation around you. Also, when you feel joyful, even if this joy results from having been helped out of some, this worldly issue, Use it the same way. Don't ignore this auspicious time. And don't discount it because it came from joy in this world. This is an elevated moment for you, a time to draw out the sparks of your spirit. Once again, use the feeling, the simcha, that joy, that osher as a mafteach, as a key to your soul. Again, find a spot where you can concentrate and recite a few brief verses from Psalms, such as Psalm 18, verses 2 and 3, which express King David's joy when he was saved from the hands of Shaul, of Saul. I will love you, Hashem, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my rescuer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my horn of salvation, my stronghold. Look at all these metaphoric terms that King David is using to express his love, his acknowledgement, his gratitude for God saving him. Vayomar e'chamcha Hashem his key, my strength, my Hashem Sali, Umzudati, Umafalti, E Litsuri echasebo, Magini v'karen Yishi, Misgabi, Misgabi. When you finish with these words, again move to a spontaneous personal prayer, as we described above. For example, Ribono Shalolam, thank you for your great kindness for taking care of me. How many times have we just on our own just said, Ribona Shalalam, Master of the Universe, thank you. tada, Thank you for your great kindness, for giving me breath, for gifting me with breath, for taking care of me, for helping me in your great compassion, for always guiding me, for my own good. And in particular, now that you have saved me in whatever way you feel you've been saved. Again, as above, feel how this physical joy has brought you to an elevated state in which you can rejoice in God and dwell in spiritual bliss. When you undertake this practice, you won't ignore even a sigh, anachah in Hebrew. Because even with a simple, slight sigh about any of this worldly matters, whatever they may be, a sigh that comes from your heart, from that place you can attain a great revelation, Hitgalut, Hitgaluyot Gdullah, of your soul, a revelation of your soul, and bring her closer. <laughs> to God. Meaning the peace inside of you to all of that around you, it really is bringing achdut, inner, inner unity, inner harmony. You're bringing that peace inside of you to be aligned with the bigger peace around you. Wow. The soul is like a blocked source of water. It's nistam. It's like blocked that you must search for. We work to dig and drill little openings and cracks. Every small access point can release a huge flow of water. Mayam Rabim. Enough to water Lashkot, your own fields, and your companions as well. There's enough <laughs> in our own inner wells. Not only to sustain our own thirst, but really to help, give water, give sustenance to those around us. Reciting these spontaneous sentiments and feelings, deepening and exploring this breath of emotion, is a great boon to prayer. And it is useful in its own right as well. So apart from the minyan, the communal prayer and the Beit haknesset, which this is a great, of course, great help. In its own right, it also has meaning, has so much significance, mashma'ut. Deep feelings function like a mikveh. When we immerse in these feelings, unworthy attachments are washed away. When we emerge, we are closer to God. Deep emotion rouses the soul from sleep and pushes her out of her apathy and dormancy. To the Then these two grow stronger. Your spiritual passion, hitlahavut, and your imageless mindfulness, the As our capacity for sustained and focused practice increases, the spiritual dimensions of our own personality emerge to the point where we can rouse ourselves to greater inspiration and passion at any time. Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. For more digital content or to listen to more of Vieska's podcasts, please visit elmod.pardes.org.